Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hi. This is Mahek Vora, CEO and founder of SkillBank. And if you want to grow through relationships, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friends, Travis Chappell and Eric Skorzynski. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. Mahek, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into kind of what you're working on now, we always like to kind of take these conversations back to the very beginning, really to get a sense of your personality, kind of the, what pushed you in the direction you're in now. So tell me a little bit about middle school Mahek. Like, tell me kind of what you were like, what your personality was, and was there any inkling that you'd be doing the kind of things that you're doing today? Yeah, this is actually, this is, it's really fascinating whenever I talk to my my parents and like my, my family about this. They always say that like out of, I have two little sisters and they always say that out of the three of us, the one that they expected to like go into entrepreneurship was my middle sister because she okay. was is like the loudest out of the three of us. She is like, she's always enjoyed performing and like being in front of people. Me, I was very quiet. I was like, was very reserved. I didn't have like many friends. I think a lot of it had to do with being the only Indian kid and 
Morgantown, West Virginia. But I mean, I think the other part of it was just, I don't know, like I just, I would get a lot of anxiety just being around people. Mm. And I, I don't think I really found my, like, I don't think I really quite like figured out what I wanted to do or who I was until I got to college. But yeah, middle school for me, I mean, the biggest thing was I just really enjoyed building. Like that was like, that was like, I love doing Legos on the weekends and going into high school, I started making apps um, and learning how to code. Um, My friends would be outside on snow days playing in the snow. I was inside learning um, JavaScript. So like that was just uh, like, I was being an introvert. Yeah. I, I, I found a lot of solace in building and creating something. And I specifically with programming, just really loved that you could have an idea and make something out of anything and you didn't need materials to do. Sure. So sure. yeah, it was a lot of my, my middle school and high school. Yeah. What did you initially go to college for? What was the initial plan? Yeah. So I um, went to Purdue to study computer science and yeah, the whole goal was, is like go to college, get a computer science degree, go work at Google or Facebook or any of the big tech companies. Got it. Got it. So what was it that kind of pushed you off into your own direction? What was it that made you say like, okay, maybe there's a less than traditional path that I can follow? Yeah, the thing that I I realized going into college was I really enjoyed building and I knew I wanted to start a startup. So I had a goal of being self-employed by the time I graduated. I wanted to start a company while I was at Purdue and then and run it. My freshman year, I just surrounded myself with all of the startups that were on campus. At the end of my freshman year, I went to a conference in San Francisco hosted by the Teal Fellowship. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Teal Fellowship, but it's funded by uh, Peter Teal. He uh, was uh, one of the co-founders of PayPal. Okay. Every year, he gives 20 to 30 students $100,000 to drop out of college and start a business. And going to this conference, I met about 400 people that had either were finalists or fellows or just part of the community. And a large majority of them had dropped out of college and started businesses. And that was the first time I was like, oh, you don't need to go to college to be successful. And I, like my, my dad's a doctor. um, So like growing up, like he did the exact opposite of what I did. Like he went through a lot of schooling. Um, So to see that there was an option where I didn't have to do that was really interesting. And that weekend just blew my mind. When I came back home after this conference, I was pretty determined to figure out how I was going to convince my parents into letting me drop out. And fast forward a year later, they were like, all right, we'll give you six months. You can move out to San Francisco and live there for yeah that amount of time. And if you can get on your feet, great. If not, you need to go back to college. And you were like 19 at this point, yeah. right? So super young. Was there a lot of friction between you and your parents in that year leading up to that, okay, go try it out? Or was it just they want to make sure your ducks were in a row before you did this? The very first conversation, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember my my parents, like, you know, they, they spent their whole lives saving up to yeah. put me to college. So for me to turn around and say, hey, I actually don't want this anymore. <laughs> right. And also they've they they were paying for my tuition. Um, sure. I was out of state. So they're like all of this money for the last two years that you've been there, like it's just going down the drain. Like, yeah. why do you want to do this? But I think a lot of it in that moment was just educating them on like, I'm not going to spend 
it's so much better for me to spend these next two years out in San Francisco. And like, we can't, like, we can't chalk, chalk this up to like losing money. Like that's just like right. a cost fallacy at that point. Like, yeah. you know, like I think I'm going to learn so much more being out in San Francisco and I, I still get to keep my credits. So like I can take classes online if I really want to get that degree and like yeah. get it done. So, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, they weren't on board, but I wasn't going to drop out without their blessing. So a lot of it after that was just educating them on why it was a really good decision for me. And then the compromise that we came to was, all right, you can't just drop out. All right. Like, we'll let you take a semester off. But yeah, if things don't work out, then you need to go back. Right, right. So. So tell me a little bit just about the transition, because obviously I want to get into your initial years of business and what that looked like. But tell me a little bit about transitioning from Virginia to San Francisco, because that's a totally different pace, totally different style of life. Uh, what was that like for you? So, yeah, it's it's interesting because there just, just wasn't a lot to do in West Virginia. Like the, <laughs> the, the town was really small that I grew up in. It was a college town, but like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, just was, there just wasn't a lot of opportunities. And also there just like wasn't, as in terms of tech, like there also just, yeah. you know, like there just wasn't a lot to see or a lot to do. Right. And I think moving out to San Francisco was a really big culture shock for me, but also college was a really big culture shock yeah. for me. You know, like I think just being amongst people even partying and like doing all that stuff was things that I just like didn't do in, in, in high right. school, middle school. So I think college kind of helped soften that blow a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing was, was I looked at kids out here that had grown up in San Francisco and had made so much more of their, their time, like up to that point, just because they had so many opportunities in their backyard and looking at me back in Morgantown, West Virginia, like I was motivated in middle school and high school to also build apps and to also make products, but there was no one else around me that was doing stuff like that. Right. So yeah, I think that was like, it was just very limiting. And I mean, that's a really big reason for why I wanted to start a company like Skillbank, because I don't think your zip code um, or where you're from or your financial background should keep you from achieving your dreams if you want to. Right. Well, I mean, especially not now, like especially in a time where we do have access to all of the different, you know, I mean, I kind of laugh, like even asking the question, like, what were you like in middle school? It's funny how many of the jobs that exist now didn't exist in middle school or how many at, like if I would have said in kindergarten, I want to be a social media coordinator. One, I'd be a really weird kid, but also (laughs) like social media wasn't even really a thing at the time that I was. So like, this idea of what do you want to be when you grow up, like that morphs so much with how technology changes. And you're right. Like there should be access for people to be able to be able to tackle this in, in wherever they are, especially now with working remote, things like that. So you started really with running your own personal agency, helping people with LinkedIn. Uh, we can spend a little bit of time on that, but really that's what became SkillBank was helping other people become agencies of their own. Uh, tell me just a little bit about that process and transition. Yeah. So while I was at Purdue, um, I started this agency called Jamoka. And Jamoka in the beginning was just an avenue for me or like a vehicle for me to just pick up new things. So um, I wanted to learn Facebook ads. I'd go out and find a client and bring them onto Jamoka as a client and, and work with them. And over time, as I started to build up this Rolodex, I started to realize a couple of things. 
Um, the biggest thing was is that the best way to actually grow and scale an agency is through standardizing our offerings. So I took a look at what I was doing and what we were doing really well, and it was LinkedIn marketing. So decided to cut out all of our other services and just started doing that. And at the time I was pulling in anywhere from like one to 3 million views a month on, on the platform. So people were paying me to go strike for them. And then we'd go in and like their content and like all of our other clients would engage with each other using bots that we'd made. And that was really interesting because it showed me that showed me just how to build a simple business, right? Like yeah. money in, money out. Like this is how this is how you do it. How do you work with clients? How do you, um, yeah? How do you hire people? How do you fire people? I, I learned so much about the just the company building process. And as Jamoka was really starting to take off, a lot of my friends were graduating from college, and looking at them, I just, I realized I'd grown up so much more in the last two years compared to them. Um, I just, I'd seen a lot more, I'd done a lot more. And a lot of them weren't even going to work in the field that they studied in. Like I had a lot of friends that majored in marketing at Purdue. Yeah. Like what they learned was just not actually mapping out what they were looking at. And I also came to a realization that even though we'd standardized our offerings and had also like productized everything and like you could log into a portal that we built, we still weren't scalable. You know, like every client was its own edge case. Every client was, had their own issues and their own thing. And I realized if we couldn't actually scale us giving the services to people, maybe we could scale the people that were giving the services. And that's what led me into wanting to start SkillBank. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, w- I want to talk really quick. You mentioned like standardizing your offer, like stripping away all these other things. And for anyone who has any kind of agency model or especially for solopreneurs, I think that's one of the scariest things to do um, is to is to focus in on one specific thing as opposed to being how almost everybody starts, which is, you know, I'm a jack of all trades. Like I do everything. I'll do your videos, your writing, your Instagram post, like all that kind of stuff. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of niching down to one thing and making that your one offer that you provide to people? I mean, it provides clarity, right? Like, I think that's that's the biggest thing. When we were offering a bunch of different things, it was hard to sign clients, you know? I would be like, all right, yeah, we could do this for you too, or we could do X, Y, Z. But when you have a standardized offering, you can become known as that person. So I built my brand around being the LinkedIn girl. So like, you know, like if you needed to grow your LinkedIn or you needed to figure out sales or whatever it might be, I was the best place to come to for that. And I realized that it's a lot better to be the best place to come to rather than to be like, okay, or like jack of all trades. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that yeah. was, that was the main reason why I decided to niche things down and why I think, I think everyone should. And my, my biggest piece of advice to people that want to start businesses now is find something that you're really good at and just offer that and then just make it more and more expensive. So like when we first started writing out our LinkedIn posts, I was charging like, like $50 a post or something like mm. that. And then we worked our way up to four posts a month package for $2,000. And like, this is one a week. So like over time we were able to just charge more and more because my time was getting limited, started hiring people. um, And it's just, it's just so much easier to build things up that way than trying to do too much. Sure. Sure. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. 
It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Well, moving a little bit into Skill Bank. So now you're essentially helping people do the same thing. Like how do they build and start their agencies? You've talked a little bit about why you think that's viable. And I, and I definitely resonate with you. You know, you saw your friends graduating college and being like essentially four years behind you. You know, they had like a lot of book smarts. They had a lot of debt, probably in most cases, but your experience, you already had clients, you had an agency that was running, you know, so that that's giving you the idea that, hey, other people should be taking this kind of path, this route. Um, how did you go about starting to help others follow yeah. your specific journey? So the thing with SkillBank is, is we're not, um, we're not just, te- we're not teaching people how to start agencies. We're actually just helping them land jobs at agencies. And the really big thing that I've noticed, and actually I wish I would have done in that time period, is I wish I actually would have gone and worked at a company first and mm-hmm. actually seen how, what the inside looks like. And, you know, I've, I've learned through trial and error over the span of the last six years, but I would, I think I would have learned a lot quicker actually just being under someone and seeing how does a team work? How do they communicate? How do they get things done? Mm-hmm. So the whole point of SkillBank now is within 15 weeks, it's, it's, similar, it's something similar to what we were doing where we've, we've niched the program down. So like, we just teach paid media marketing. So you learn Facebook ads, Google ads. And from there, we place you at an agency or a tech startup where you do exactly that for them, helping them with their paid media campaigns. So yeah, I mean, a lot of that getting started was just figuring out what were agencies looking for when they were trying to hire. Because right now there's a really big talent shortage, um, especially because colleges aren't teaching paid media. Um, mm. they're, just, they're so far behind when it comes to their curriculum. I um, mean, like branding is great and it's important if you're working at a corporate company and they're definitely still hiring, but more and more agencies are popping up and more and more tech startups are par- popping up and they're looking for people that are 
actually technical and can provide results. Right. Why, why do you think, so you mentioned like obviously college not teaching this, but yeah. you know, do you think that a lot of the shortage is due to people not knowing where to look or not knowing how to present themselves? Because it seems, and maybe this is one of those things where it's because I'm around a lot of entrepreneurs, I know a lot of people that do it, but it seems like there's a ton of people that have a surface level knowledge of all of these different things, surface level knowledge of paid ads or, or, you know, how to create a Facebook post and, and promote it, things like that. What do you think the reason is for the shortage beyond the college not teaching it? I think, yeah, the first thing is, is definitely, I think people, the way people represent themselves and how they're, how they're showcasing. I think the other thing is too, I don't think there's a lot of knowledge out there just around what are your opportunities going into marketing? Like, you know, like if you're in the industry and you know, Hey, there's paid media, there's SEO, there's organic um, life cycle. Like, you know, we know that there's all of these different tracks, but for a kid in high school, like where do you turn to or go to, to say, Hey, I, there's all of these different types of marketing that I can learn. Um, You just know that you're getting the word out and like, or it's creative and that's, that's the context that you're given. So I think I think there could be a lot better education at a younger age for people around mm-hmm. what marketing actually is and what it's looking like today. And then yeah, I mean I think I think lastly it's just I think the barrier to entry for marketing is not that not that high. Like I think anyone yeah. can get into marketing. I think the issue is is the people that are really good are the people that have built context over a long period of time because they've they practice a lot and, you know, like they've they've run a lot of money doing ads. And I think that there's a little bit of privilege in that, you know, like actually being able to like run ads and spend that money and actually get that experience. So it's hard to get that. that Sure. Sure. You mentioned, you know, kind of identifying what agencies are looking for when they're staffing people Uh, for somebody who's listening, who is potentially an ideal candidate for what you're offering. Uh, what have you noticed that people are looking for? What are the steps that somebody who's a senior in high school listening and is saying, I want to start preparing to go down that path? What should they be working on, you know, developing themselves? Yep. I think the biggest thing is just try to get experience under your belt. So go, go shadow someone in an agency, you know, go start building something, start creating landing pages, start trying to drive traffic to it. Um, I think a lot of people, whenever they first think about marketing, they just don't know where to start. And my biggest answer to like a kid in high school is actually just start. Like, yeah. you know, like just find something that you're really excited about, make a website, make a YouTube channel, um, start a TikTok, whatever it might be. And actually just like learn how these algorithms work. And once you start to train your brain into questioning how the platforms work, you start thinking about how can I start to game this to actually start getting people to see something. Um, you can make yourself employable that way. And I think like, that's how I started. And that's how a lot of my friends started was by just being curious and, and getting themselves out there. Right. That's super helpful. I, I want to pivot the conversation a little bit. And so much of what you do surrounds networking. Uh, and we ask this question to every guest that comes on the show. We ask, do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important? And I'm curious to hear your perspective based on your last couple of answers, what you think is more, more important. It's a good question. Yeah, I guess like the first place my mind would go to is what you know. Um, But then I I think about, ah, actually I'll I'll stick with that. I think it comes down to what you know. And I think think the the biggest thing is, is like you can really only at the end of the day be dependent on yourself. You know, you can build a really 
big business if you're smart you 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 optimize for learning and making your experience good um i think like i think that's the most important thing i don't know why i don't like that answer though but yeah i mean i think i think it really comes down to what you know and i think if you know a lot and you can you're optimizing for just making yourself the best version of yourself i think people that are very smart will be attracted to you and you'll find people that are that are cool right yeah yeah i mean there's there's like a lot of different ways to get i'm always curious to hear people's different perspectives because you get a good mix of people. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, what do you get more? I think we get more who you know, but I but it's hard because obviously I think, so like our show's Build Your Networks, so I think a lot of people feel like they have to say who you know, but I'm always yeah. curious when they say what, you know? So like we'll get who yeah. you know, or we'll get both. And then we try to push them for a, a more specific answer. <laughs> Where I'm at, because I, I even bounce back and forth between the two at times, but whenever I think of the what you know, I and I think about like the things that have you know gotten me where I am with the what, my mind always goes back to okay, who taught me that what? <laughs> so like yep. it's hard, you know, it's always this cycle of like it it all funnels into each other. Like you don't nobody wants to know you if you don't know anything, but yeah. also you have to learn from being around people. Like I agree, shadowing people is how I've learned everything that I do. That's how I learned video, that's how I learned production, you know. Um, it was going and working for someone who was kind enough to teach me when I didn't know anything. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, but, it, but it, I mean, any answer, there's no right, right or wrong answer, but we're always curious no, to know, sure. know what people yeah, think. I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, I think even for me, when I first dropped out, it was because of the actual like part of convincing my parents was there was um, this guy named Art Norens. He's a founder and CEO of, or former founder and CEO, they sold um, of a company called NorOne. And um, he's a Purdue alum and he was visiting campus. And within my first conversation with Art, showing him around the Purdue Research Foundation, he offered to give me a job in San Francisco that summer. And like, that was like the first step for me actually being able to drop out. And like, I don't know if actually I would have dropped out if art wasn't there to like provide a little bit more of a cushion and show my parents like, Hey, like she does have a job right now. And like, that's not just consulting. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Right. Right. I'm curious your perspective, like, you know, we've talked a lot about college and obviously for your path, like there's no regrets, like not finishing, yeah. like you, you chose the right thing. Would you say that it does make sense for anybody going into this field? Is there a, a situation in which, you know, going and taking marketing classes and getting a degree makes sense? Or would you say your pretty, your pretty solid answer is it's never a good option? I think college is a really good place to explore. I am, I'm actually still all for colleges being around. I think there's a lot of other boot camps that have like the screw college mentality. Like you don't need to go to college. You don't need to get a degree. Like we'll help you landing a job. I'm really glad I went to college for those two years, even though I didn't graduate. I got to party. I got to explore. I got to join clubs, you know, like, uh, you got to network. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's my network. I think, College is a good place for you if you don't know the direction that you want to go into or what you want to do. I think where boot camps really come in is when you're ready to work. We're here to take you on and to provide an excel, like an, provide and accelerate you um, and help you get to that next stage of your life where you can actually start earning. And I think that's where colleges are starting to fall short. 
And that was the whole point of college in the first place was to prepare you for a job. Um, I think its role in society has changed. So I think it really just depends on what you're trying to do. If you're if you're trying to go to college because you want to start making money, might not be the best place to go, especially for marketing. Sure. Um, yeah. If you're trying to become a doctor or a lawyer, like yeah, go you to kind of have to. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Is like I think there's certain jobs where you have to, but if you can go another route, like I always encourage people like mentorship, like go find someone that can teach you and not somebody, you know, that you meet with once a month, like somebody you can go work for. You know, I spent the first two years working for somebody making, you know, I think like a stipend of not much money. And, you know, but that was the most invaluable time. Like I traveled to like 15 different States, got to travel to several different countries, working on projects, like and then I would see friends graduating college and it's like, now it's time to look for a job to pay this off. And it's like, wow, you yep. know, it, it was definitely a great route for me. Uh, but I, like I said, I'm glad to hear the other perspectives. I'm kind of bouncing off the college thing. One of the, one of the biggest things that I think uh, Skillbank offers that college doesn't is, you know, college is accessible for certain people, but college is not an accessible thing for a lot of people. You mentioned kind of the, you know, accessibility. Some people are in different parts of the country. They don't have a good college near them that even offers this. Obviously, financially, like many people don't have the opportunity to go to college, you know, especially now there's, there's a really, it's really expensive. They take you on massive amounts of debt or, you know, don't have family that's able to pay for college. So just talk to me before we kind of move into our last segment, talk to me a little bit about what SkillBank looks like. And if someone is sitting here going, okay, I know I want to work in the agency world. I know I want to do a little bit of marketing. What will this look like for me? What is the path that SkillBank kind of offers to get people started? Yeah, so the most exciting part about SkillBank is we're completely free up front. So instead of having to pay us a, a tuition or um, like yeah, an upfront payment, um, instead we take 10% of your salary over two years, but that's only as long as you're making over $40,000 per year. So we'll have people entering our program that for the first six months after graduating, they are shadowing someone at an agency. They're not making over that 40K threshold. And in that case, we won't collect until you do start to make over that. So yeah, joining our program is really simple and easy. Um, The biggest thing that we're looking for is that you're just motivated to land a job within the next six months. As long as you cross that checklist off and you're over the age of 18, so you can legally work in the United States, um, we're, we're willing to take you on and working with you. The program itself is 15 weeks long, and the whole program is actually structured around giving you experience that you can then take with you into your startup or your agency. So you get actual money to spend and to play with in Facebook. Um, you get to see how creatives made. You get to talk to people at agencies. Um, so we provide a lot of mentorship and experience in the span of 15 weeks that unless you actually got hired by an agency, you might not see. Right, right. That's that's really awesome. And definitely, if you guys are listening to this and that sounds like something you'd be interested, be sure to head over to the link in the show notes. We'll have a link where you can kind of look at the process, see what it looks like and and see if it would be a good fit for you. I, I really appreciate you kind of talking me through all this. I do want to move us into our final round of the show. We do a quick random round. So I'm going to ask you some quick random questions and uh, let our audience get to know you a little bit better before we before we sign off. First okay. off, what profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? DJ. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to be a DJ. I think, I think it would be so fun. 
Um, I've just always really liked music. <laughs> you'd, you'd be a big hit at college if you were a DJ, so that would work. Um, yeah. If you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and talk with them for an hour, who would it be and why? Probably Jeff Bezos. I'm really curious to see how he thinks about his processes. And to build a company like Amazon, you have to be really good at scheduling your time and then also just figuring out where things go and how things fit together and how do you how do you scale up your work. So I think it'd be really interesting to talk to him about how he thinks about processes. Oh, that would be a good conversation. Uh, it'd have to be a bench in space at this point because he's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you like to learn best? Is it books, blogs, podcasts, videos? Uh, what's your favorite way to consume information or learn how to do something? I've actually never been a big reader. I, I Mostly for me, it's, yeah, it's podcasts or YouTube. Um, those okay. are probably like the two big things. Gotcha. What's, what's the maybe top one or two that you like to tune into regularly? Um, I love Joe Rogan. I learned a lot listening to him. I don't know. I actually like, I'm trying to think it's a lot of random stuff. Like mostly the content I consume is not super work focused. I've been following, like, uh, I've been listening to a lot of like, uh, true crime podcasts and stuff. So it's a little bit different. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, give me a glimpse of your morning routine. What does that look like? Yeah. Uh, wake up at 8am. Uh, we have stand up with our team every morning at nine. And then, yeah, it's just whatever the day brings, whether it's meetings, try to go out for a walk with my dog at some point in the morning. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. I usually don't eat breakfast, so I'll like eat like an early lunch. Gotcha. Do you have a go-to pump-up song? Oh, yeah, Calm Down by g Easy. Okay, that's a good choice. What is something that you're not very good at? I It's very hard for me to um, keep attention to something if I'm not excited about it. So like if I have to do my taxes, it's it's really hard for me to get in the zone and actually like <laughs> nail actually it down and do that. I mean, it's good that I'm like working on a company that I really enjoy because I think it would be really hard for me to focus <laughs> if I didn't. Right. Absolutely. Um, and the last question is, what is the best place for people to connect with you the most? Obviously, they can check out the link to check out uh, SkillBank and, and get a sense for that. But if someone wants to follow you kind of your day to day, what's the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah. So I'm on all social media at the T-H-E and then my full name, Mehak, M-E-H-A-K, Vora, V-O-H-R-A. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Really enjoy getting to talk with you a little bit and uh, hope some people will check out what you have to offer over at SkillBank. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.